This is People Every Day. Coming up, everything we know about the Real Housewives All-Stars trip, bringing each city's biggest personalities together, for better or worse. Plus, update on the Game of Thrones prequel series and an important discussion on sexual assault awareness and prevention. It's April 27th. guys, this is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, back in your ear this here Tuesday. I'm excited for today because, you know, there's many reasons. One is a really important one, actually. We're wrapping up this month of April, which happens to be Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. And later in the show, I speak with Jessica Leslie, who is the program director of the nation's biggest sexual assault hotline, where thousands of victims and their family members call in to seek support on a daily basis. She talks about how prevalent the issue really is. You won't believe the numbers, but more importantly, how the work they're doing is helping to change that. But first, I'm going to call this TV Tuesday because TV news is dominating our top stories today. And joining me now to go through it all, it is host of the hit People TV show, TV, see there, uh, Reality Check, Darren Karp is on for the first time. Hi, Darren. Woo, crowd goes wild. Woo. Woo. We'll fill in some <laughs> applause there later just to make it seem positive. But thank you for having me, mm-hmm. Janine. Good to see you. <laughs> oh, it's it, it's a hit show. I said it, so it is. <laughs> yeah. It's just a hit show. And then we also have People's senior TV editor Brianne Heldman. Hey, Brianne. Hi. I I am happy to play second banana to Darren any day. <laughs> yeah, but Brianne, you have senior in your title. You know what I mean? She didn't say senior TV host. Did she? She's, She's not really talking about can, my age. That's I only what have I have. So many adjectives. Yeah, I only have so many adjectives. Okay, hit show, senior. Come on, that's it. I that's got all you she's got today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's so much bubbling up on the small screen right now. And well, full disclosure, I'm still neck deep in this crazy season of Married at First Sight myself. I could do a whole podcast on that, let me tell you. But there's other major reality shows making headlines out there. So let's get into it. Darren. Yeah. We've seen the pics. We've seen the teasers. There is going to be a Real Housewives All-Stars trip. You know what? And I know why you're saying it with hesitation, because when I first learned about this a while ago, I had hesitation as well, because it does seem like what could possibly happen? Um, Yes, we are are going on vacation with the all-stars of Housewives. You know, we've got Kenya and Cynthia from Atlanta, Ramona from New York, Teresa Melissa are going to be there, Kyle Richards will be there. So not every franchise is represented Uh in this little trip, but it does remind me of a little bit of the uh, baby shower that we had for Andy two years ago, where I got to really see it. This will be like a small scale little trip together with with the gals. So I'm nervous. So so what are the details? Do we know where they'll be filming? How people will be able yeah, to watch it? Yeah, we don't it? know much. Um, I've already heard that drama's ensuing, basically, between Ramona and Kenya, which kind of makes sense, because if you've been, uh, obviously yeah. have seen previous seasons of the Real, of Roni, Real Housewives of New York, and if you've been watching Atlanta, uh, which I absolutely have, Kenya is no stranger to drama, so I imagine that it's all going to be stirred up. <laughs> I mean, what I'm curious really about, you know, because we're only representing a few franchises, for me... I wonder what the drama is going to shift at because, you know, a lot of these women are normally friends, you know, Kenya and Cynthia, Mm -hmm. they've got a relationship, but Ramona and Melissa don't have the same drama. So for me, I'm like, is it going to be a contest of like, 
who's richer and like who's That's city what I'm thinking it's best. going to be. It's yes. like nobody actually watches your show. So like I think they're gonna get <laughs> yes. into like the weeds of like what are your ratings like? We're on and, season and, 13, not on exactly. season nine. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what well, it's gonna well, be. You're, you're representing flyover states. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like shadiness to like your territory. It's very West Side story, and I'm very yeah. excited about wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, Does yes, that yes. mean there's going to be hall brawls because that's the all-stars I want to see. Now you're bringing the challenge into it. And that's why I love you, Brianne. Could you imagine a hall brawl between like Ramona and Teresa? Because that would get me in every sort of way. But you know what? I don't know. I mean, obviously this is going to be a heightened type of drama because they don't really have a relationship with each other in the same way. And, and they're representing all their super team. type A too. Yes. Like it's like, can you imagine? I can't imagine that Sonia Morgan wasn't part of this trip. Like that to me is like oh. the most shocking. Like, well, well, they have, for safety, re- you know, they can't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a lo- it's a it's a health issue, is what we're saying. It's a health issue. We're gonna stay in the reality world for a little bit, but move over to you, Rianne, to talk about another thing. Andy Cohen has his hand in the keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Reunion. So the family filmed The Final Curtain on April 23rd. Uh, what do we know? What, is, what has come out of this about, one, when it will air and we'll get to see it, but what are we hearing about what went down on that very last episode? Well, much like a, a Housewives reunion, we will see this final curtain special sometime right after the final episode airs. Presumably, it seems like nothing's been announced, but it sounds like June. Andy has said, this is a no-holds-barred situation. Everything is on the table. That Those are his words, not mine. Uh, I'm here for it. I can't wait for it. I don't think that it's going to be quite what a Housewives reunion is because, again, this is a family. And they have to live together. They're not just paid to hang out. They <laughs> <laughs> they have to live together in their massive And they can avoid each other even if they were are. all in the same home. <laughs> Bumping into each other left and right. I'm sure it's like a New York City apartment over there. Uh, Brianne, I'm curious as to what you think, just because you're sort of this expert in this. But when you said it's not a Housewives reunion, I'm just curious if, if you think it's not going to be Housewives, A, for the family, but B, because they're just a little bit more protective yes. of their image. All of the above. I think this is going to be much more Oprah with Harry and Meghan than a Housewives Mm, reunion. Fair. Fair. Uh, Where bombs will be dropped and we will learn some things we didn't know or we will go back and revisit some things that maybe Kim or Chloe don't often allow reporters to revisit in an interview. Um, I think there will be things that they would normally walk out of an interview if they were brought up that they will not be able to do that. We're not going to get like the the sloppiness we might get from a housewives. And I mean that in a nice way, because despite what you want to say about the housewives, they're nothing if not open, you know, and when they're trying to protect their image, they call each other out. They're not the Kardashians aren't going to do that to each other. I yeah. can't see Courtney being like, Kim, you married a guy for 72. You know, I can't see that mm. really. They have, they have, they have come to fisticuffs. I think another so I can, thing, I can, sorry, I can, another <laughs> thing to kind of throw in and keep in mind as you watch that is that this is not the end of the Kardashians as reality but stars. Of course They've not. got a bajillion dollar deal with Hulu. They, it is oh, in yeah. their best interest to 
make sure you still love them at the end of it. Guys, I love them, but we have to move on to something that is in my heart of hearts, okay? Uh-oh, okay. And I, I feel like I've, I've barely I've barely been alive uh, since um, May of 2019, given uh, the loss that I suffered by Game of Thrones ending. Um, it was intense, <laughs> and I, I, I missed it so much. And then this week. Because the finale was so week, bad, it was disappointing. Excuse Sorry. me, no, stop. Sorry. Don't go there. Okay, don't go I there. Mean, and when I, they I, stop, I consider the finale. Like, no, Janine, I consider the I finale the penultimate episode. <laughs> the penultimate episode when Danny went on her tear. Okay, that was my finale. I loved it. I'm True. Done. I mean, I'm she's not hot, dealing with so this. So, anyway. Speaking of Danny, <laughs> you will always be my queen. Yes. <laughs> We've got ourselves a prequel, a prequel, the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon is filming. And we got a behind the scenes picture of the table read, uh, which looks so intense. Did you guys see this picture? It's like <laughs> so intense. So it, it's like this giant rehearsal studio. Like think about a huge, huge orchestra and the room that they all rehearse in, but like remove all but eight chairs. And there's these lecterns and they're all like just so intense. And it's like, oh my goodness, we're getting it. Is this getting a state it. of the union? Is this yeah, like a model UN? It so looked intense. like it. <laughs> yes. It looked like it. This thing is officially in production. House of the Dragon is coming to HBO Max in 2022. It will fill yes, in yes. some important Westeros history, telling the story of Daenerys Targaryen's ancestors as the house begins to fall mm -hmm. apart and the Dance of the Dragon civil war begins. Do you guys think it's going to be as well received because Game of Thrones changed TV. I think it's certainly going to get the attention. If it's bad, it's going to be just a, a laughing stock to the hilt. But I, I'm optimistic about it. It's got the right mix of people in it. They've got stars like Matt Smith and Patty Constantine. Like these are the kinds of elder statesman type people I want to see in a Game of Thrones series. We're going to get a lot more dragons. They have released, uh, they've released art of what the dragons are maybe going to look like. Yeah, because this was out of the time when dragons were just out and about, like hanging out at the mall. Like, they're just... like raccoons. <laughs> just chilling. Yeah, they were like raccoons. Yeah, just like <laughs> raccoons. Yeah, just like squirrels. They're everywhere. The they're everywhere. Everywhere. On to something that is real, really, really real, the talk. Um, so Carrie Ann Anaba uh, announced that she's taking a leave of absence from the talk. She has multiple chronic conditions that she's dealing with. So, so Brianne, just walk us through this news and why this is such a surprise to fans of the show. Well, it's certainly a surprise to many fans of the show, but I, you know, we don't know for sure, but I think it's fairly safe to say that this is pretty separate from everything that went down even just a few weeks ago with Sharon Osbourne. Carrie Ann has had a number of chronic conditions over the years. In 2007, she was diagnosed with spinal stenosis. In 2013, with Sorogan syndrome, which is an incurable immune disorder that causes pain and fatigue. She's also iron deficient and has been candid about major flare-ups with fibromyalgia, which causes pain, sleep problems, fatigue, and emotional and mental distress. She's in significant chronic pain every single day. She said in an Instagram video when she announced that she was going to step away for a bit. Hi, everyone. I wanted to let you know that 
know personally that I've decided to take a leave of absence from the talk to focus on my well-being. Um, and she, of course, is reminding everyone that health is the most important thing. And that is something we all need to remember. You just just the idea of d- being on, because we know what it's like to be on, but to have to, you know, stifle, you know, or try, or try to just deal with your pain while you have cameras in your face. And these are, it, it takes hours to do this stuff. It's not like just the little 30 minutes or, or, or an hour that you see on TV, just the prep, the hair and makeup. And so if you imagine just your body uh, feeling horrible during all that, like, and she's done it for years. I give it up to her. And and, and, and I think it's an important reminder, especially after while we're still in this pandemic, but certainly after the year we all kind of had to to remind people that like family, health, well-being is really the number one. Take care of yourself for sure. For sure. You guys, well, just thank you so much for going through all of this. I'm just a TV junkie, TV fan. So I loved this segment. I really appreciate you guys being on with me. Did I offend you guys too much that I can't come back, Janine? Absolutely. Is, Never okay. again. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, We're not friends I might, anymore. I might this put is it. Thanos on, on you. <laughs> I might say Dracarys. Don't cancel me, guys. The, the, Dracarys. The, 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 the nerds are going to come out and attack me now, all right? <laughs> you, you'll have housewives having your back. Don't worry. The wine will be flying. You'll be if fine. If I got Kenya more on my back, we're all good. We're all good. No, thank you for Bye, having me. Guys. I really appreciate it. Bye. Next up, Jessica Leslie from the leading anti-sexual violence organization, RAIN, takes us through the startling statistics and what everyone can do to help change them. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. April is Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. It's terrible, but this issue affects more people than you might think. According to the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization, RAIN, an acronym that stands for Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, every 73 seconds an American is sexually assaulted, and every nine minutes that victim is a child. Only five out of every 1,000 predators will end up in prison, and one out of every six American women will be a victim in her life time. On the upside of things, sexual violence has fallen by half in the last 20 years. And we have organizations like RAIN, which operates the National Sexual Assault Hotline, to thank for that positive statistic. I'm joined now by Jessica Leslie, Program Director for the Hotline, which is a safety net for so, so many. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for being on with me today. Hi, thank you for having me. So you and your coworkers spend your days figuring out the best ways to support survivors. And there's obviously no perfect answer. But in general, what advice would you give a caller or or a user who's looking for a way to support or understand a loved one who's experienced sexual violence? Yeah, that's a great question, because, you know, the hotline is there absolutely for survivors, but also for loved ones. And we do get a lot of loved ones who call. And a lot of the advice that that we give, you know, 
always depends on the situation, but it's just to listen and to be there. Yeah. A lot of survivors have a hard time um, understanding what happened is happening to them or they struggle with what happened with them. There's a lot of self-blame involved, a lot of guilt involved. Um, and so a lot of what we do on the hotline is ensure that we're doing everything possible to reassure them that it wasn't their fault, that there's nothing they could have done to save the, you know, change the situation and that um, they're not alone. For any loved one, we recommend the same. Make sure that the person knows you're there for them no matter what, that you reassure them that it wasn't their fault and that you're there to listen. You know, a lot of times when we care deeply also um, for someone who, who's been hurt, we, um, we have a lot of emotions ourselves. And that- You get mad, you get absolutely. angry, you, yeah. Angry, sadness. And what's important there is to make sure that those emotions don't take over um, the conversation that you're having with that person, that you make space for their emotions, for, for yeah. their feelings, and that you're there to support them. That's such a good point. Uh, and and I, I read through a lot of the numbers, but they're just so high, all of them. Um, and, and those numbers are higher in many minority communities. And yet so many survivors feel a real sense of loneliness and a lack of support, like it's just them. This only happened to them. So I'm, I'm wondering if you can help me explain to our listeners just how much of a problem this really is. Yeah, well, you know, you ran through a lot of the statistics, and I think that where the loneliness comes in is that, you know, there aren't a lot of folks having conversations like the one that we're having today. And it's really important to, to share because it is something that happens more often than it should. And so what we really need to think about um, is how we're engaging um, in public spaces with these conversations, how we're sharing, um, what resources we're making available to survivors. A lot of times folks um, don't seek support or don't um, seek um, support through the criminal justice system because they're worried about how it reflects on them. And so we also need to do a lot of work on destigmatizing sexual violence. Yeah. That um, again, going back to this, it's not your fault. Too many, too many um, folks, whether it's in law enforcement, healthcare, or family and friends, blame survivors. And we really need to take a step back and think about what is that really doing? You know, where where should we be directing our energy when it comes to this issue? Yeah. And then uh, how do you know? I mean, uh, of course, someone would have to come forward if it's a child, a sibling, whoever it is, and and tell you so you can be sure, sure. But what are some of the signs? What are some of the things um, that I guess people can just be on the lookout for um, to try to address this issue if they if they think something has happened? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we get that question quite a bit and, you know, it differs uh, a lot but I think that for the most part, if someone is acting out of character, whether it's a child or a friend of yours, I think it is safe to assume that something has happened, right? It mm -hmm. may be sexual mm -hmm. violence, it may be something else. But in those situations, I think that's where we can um, engage to the comfort level of that individual in conversations of, are you okay? I'm here for you if you need anything. You know, I'm here for you if you want to talk. And I love what you said about hearing from loved ones and family members who are actually calling into this hotline, because it, it sounds like, you know, on its face, if you were affected personally, physically, 
call, but you can also get support through the hotline if you're a family member. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we do know that survivors disclose to friends and family. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, that includes even, you know, children. And so um, it is really important that as, as a loved one, as a friend, you know, you can be there and meet them where they're at. You know, they may only want to share certain parts of the story and that's okay. You know, one thing that we also train our, our hotline staff to do is not to ask questions that go beyond, you know, just because we want to know, but only ask questions that we know will ultimately be of benefit to, mm. to the individual that we're speaking to. Um, would you like to report? Would, you know, would you like me just to listen? Would you like me to help you find a therapist? Or, you know, asking those type of questions instead of, well, tell me more details about what happened there because that can often be very re-traumatizing to survivors. Yeah. And, and you speak of, of re-traumatizing. Uh, there are a lot of triggers out there for survivors just in general and pop culture on TV. So, so what are some of the ways people can protect themselves? I know on the show we try to, you know, give a trigger warning when we're covering particular topics. But um, what are things that people can do to kind of just create that buffer and, and heal? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And, you know, triggers are, are out there, whether um, you became a survivor five minutes ago or 50 years ago, frankly. And so um, it is really important to understand what your triggers are, but also just know that it's okay to feel um, upset no, no matter how long ago um, a violent act happened. And so we do get survivors that call the hotline, you know, and, and they became survivors 20 years ago. And then we get others who, who um, it just recently happened to. And so it's important to know that, that that's okay. Um, that everyone heals in their own time and that you have to take that time. And there's no right amount of time either. And and then you spoke about it a little bit, but you chose to go into this field in college. I mean, you are out there doing the work. Like, what's that like for you? And, and, and what does this work mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that a lot of us um, get into this field for for different reasons. And, and um, you know, and I have very personal ties to the issue. And I think that, you know, regardless for your reason to get in, a lot of folks stay because they want to help. Um, there is a sense of, you know, you do have to build up some resiliency because it can be quite sad. Um, but but again, you know, you you meet a lot of really amazing people in this field who who are really doing all they can just because they are so motivated to, to help others. It's beautiful. And your work is beautiful. Thank you so, so much, Jessica. It was great speaking with you and, and just helping get the word out about this organization. I, I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I so appreciate you highlighting this very important issue. That was Jessica Leslie from RAIN, which runs the National Sexual Assault Hotline. If you or someone you know have been a victim and need help, you can reach RAIN at 1-800-656-HOPE or online at RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N.org. Now, before you go, something to make you smile. There's a new actress that's getting ready to take the world by storm, and she can hardly control her excitement, okay? 19-year-old Rachel Zegler is starring in Steven Spielberg's upcoming remake of the timeless classic West Side Story. You probably saw the promos during the Oscars. Well, a couple days ago, she recorded her own reaction to seeing her 
herself in the trailer for the very first time and uploaded it to YouTube. Take a listen. It just feels really real now that I made something and people are going to see it. And it's something that I'm really, really proud of. Talk about a big break, right? I'm excited for her and to see how she can work a fire escape. I love that movie. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.